Hello, hello everyone and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. My name is Jessie and I am your host over here on the podcast. So today on the show I have Carmen Sturdy of Every Last Bite. I had such a great time talking to Carmen. Not only is she super fun to talk to, super kind, um, we got to talk about diets within the chronic illness community. So Carmen talked to us a bit about her story with ulcerative colitis and how she used the specific carbohydrate diet to help her come off of her medication. She actually lives right now without having to take medication and without having to strictly do this diet anymore after doing it for years. But with that, and as any of you know that I've had to do, you know, the AIP diet or uh, SIBO diets, any of those types of things, they are so restrictive. So Carmen started kind of looking for places where she could come up with ideas for the diet, but she just found a lot of people kind of complaining about it. So her way of dealing with that is she's a foodie, she loves creating recipes, and she started her blog, Every Last Bite, as a way to come up with really amazing, yummy food for the specific carbohydrate diet specifically so that she could still live a life eating really good meals, even though she was on this very strict diet. So it was so fun to talk to her today about this, and she actually has her own cookbook, which is also called Every Last Bite, and I own it. I've already made three recipes out of it, and we love it. So even if you're not on the specific carbohydrate diet, if you're on any type of anti-inflammatory diet, whole food diet, paleo diet, anything like that, this cookbook and her website are like perfect for you. I'm telling you, and I'm not just saying this because I had a great call with her, it was such good food. Like we have loved every recipe we've made. I want to make pretty much every recipe in the cookbook. And I can say that I have looked at a lot of cookbooks in my time and like this one, actually all the recipes look really good. (laughs) So I can't wait for you guys to listen in today. We talk about so much more than just food, but we talk about her life and how she became her own boss and just things like that. So can't wait for you all to listen in. Make sure that you check out her cookbook if you haven't already. And then, yeah, if you haven't already, make sure to leave us a review because any type of rating and review is how we will grow this podcast. And I would appreciate it so, so much. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Carmen Sturdy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today on the show, I have Carmen Sturdy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Of course. So we have been chatting for a little bit before I started recording, but why don't you kind of tell us about you? Who are you and why did you want to be on the podcast today? Yeah. So um, I am a food blogger and recent cookbook author. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... um, all of the recipes I create are around a diet called the specific carbohydrate diet, um, which is a diet that I started following about eight years ago after being diagnosed uh, with an autoimmune disease. Um, and so I've kind of created a whole career. Um, I kind of, it was a very dark time when I was diagnosed with my autoimmune disease and I kind of found a way to kind of spin it and turn it into a career. And um, yeah, I really love it. 
Yeah, I love that so much. And I feel like I hear a similar path for a lot of people in the chronic illness community, and it's so cool to hear about. So can you tell us what the autoimmune disease is that you deal with? And like, how did you even find out what, like all that kind of stuff? We, we Yeah, definitely. Um, so about, uh, I guess, eight years ago, um, I... Um, I mean, not to get very graphic, but um, I had bleeding when I went to the bathroom and um, it was actually very traumatizing for me because my mom had passed away uh, about five years prior to that from colon cancer. Mm-hmm. So my symptoms were very similar to hers. And so I completely freaked out yeah. um, and I went to the doctor and they did all sorts of tests. And um, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Um, so ulcerative colitis is a type of inflammatory bowel disease. Um, it's very similar to Crohn's. They just impact different uh, parts of the intestine. And um, I mean, I was relatively lucky because my symptoms weren't as bad as they could be. Mm. Um, but I mean, other symptoms you can get are like diarrhea and really, really bad pain and um, vomiting and the list goes on and on. Um, so I was diagnosed with it. And the first thing my doctors did was they just pushed medication on me, which I was totally fine with. If that's what I need to do, that's what I'll do. Um, so I was taking prednisone or steroids um, as well as they tried out I think they tried five different types of drugs on me Um, and each time it became apparent the drugs weren't working and it was only the steroids that was helping me. Um, So I ended up being on steroids for about two years or maybe less than that, maybe 18 months, which is quite a long time and the steroids were horrendous. Um, my face was swelling up, my hair was falling out. Um, I, my heart was going like crazy. It wouldn't stop beating really, really fast. I lost so much sleep. It gives you insomnia. Mm. Um, so the side effects from the steroids, um, were actually worse than the symptoms of the ulcerative colitis. Um, and I, I just kept going back to the doctor and saying, what else can you do? What else can you give me? And they just kept giving me more drugs. So at my worst, I was taking about 32 pills a day. Oh my gosh. Um, and I was just a mess. I was not sleeping. I was, um, yeah, I didn't look anything like myself now. And um, my immune system was terrible because they give you immune suppressants. So I was getting sick continuously. Um, and Finally, I said, okay, what else can I do? Um, So I went online and I did a bunch of research and I discovered a diet called the specific carbohydrate diet, Mm -hmm. um, which is designed for um, all sorts of of autoimmune diseases, but um, specifically uh, inflammatory bowel disease. Um, so I went back to my doctor and I said, Hey, I found this diet. What's the deal? And he's like, you try it if you want to but we don't really recommend it because you're not, the food's not very good. And (laughs) why put yourself through it? Like it could work. It could, might not work. There's no real proof. And I was like, okay, at this point, what do I have to lose? Like I am, I I need to find something. Um, so I started following the diet and it's incredibly restrictive. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of similar to paleo. Yeah. Um, but 
more restrictive. So it's um, grain-free, gluten-free, refined sugar-free, soy-free, starch-free, uh, lactose-free. Um, and as a foodie, like I'm yeah. obsessed with food, it was so, so hard for me um, to get my head around not being able to eat like a baguette or mac yeah. and cheese or something like that. Um, but I tried it and I was amazed how within the first few weeks I started to feel better. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I stuck to it. And after I'd say about six months, I started coming off my medication cause I was in complete remission. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've been in drug free remission now for six years. Oh and God. I followed the diet really, really strictly for about two and a half years mm -hmm. and then more loosely for another year or so. And now I kind of eat whatever I want. And when I do start to feel like something might be wrong, I go back to the diet, but kind of like to go back and reset again. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so the reason why I kind of got into food blogging was, um, when you're sick and you go online, you go down this dark hole of all the chat rooms and all the, you read all these things. And, and it was, that was actually the worst part of the whole thing for me was it's one thing to get diagnosed with something. I'm generally quite a positive person. I can put a positive spin on it, but then you go on these chat rooms and these or these message boards and just the stuff people are writing about how, um, devastating the disease is and how your life is over and I just started to spiral yeah um and then when I did discover the diet and I went back to these chat rooms and these message boards and stuff and looked everyone was like there's no point doing it the food is terrible you're basically gonna have a life of like spinach and chicken breasts like why would you put yourself through that mm -hmm. and, and so the more time I spent in the diet, the more I realized actually there are so many, there's so many things you can make if you have a bit of creativity. Um, and so I kind of realized that that was what I wanted to do is make people realize that you can make so much amazing food with this while on this diet. Um, and that shouldn't be a reason not to start the diet. Cause that seemed to be the most common thing was people said, I'm not going to do it because it looks too restrictive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I started my food blog and I've been blogging now for five years, I guess. Mm. Um, and doing it full time now for about three, two and a half, three, which has been amazing. I've absolutely loved it. That's so exciting, especially like yeah. that's something that's probably some of the, the hardest parts of your life then kind of created and helped you create this, this awesome, awesome new area of your life where you're working for yourself and you're able to help people who are going through the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely love what I do and getting messages from people who, um, I think that for me, that was the biggest shocker is I just post all these good dishes with chicken or whatever and don't even think about it and then you get these emails from people like oh my 10 year old daughter has Crohn's disease and 
we thought she was going to be on medication forever and have surgeries. And then we tried the diet and we found your site and like, it's given us hope. And, mm. and it, it just, it makes you feel so good um, to know that you are actually helping people. And it's not just a food blog. It's also, um, yeah, helping people deal with this disease, which so many people have. Yeah. So it's so interesting, like the, the amount of diets, not only in just the world, <laughs> but like, yeah. For those of us with chronic illness, it can be overwhelming. I know from myself, um, I've been on the autoimmune protocol diet. I've been on a low FODMAP diet. I've been on a SIBO diet. I've been on all these different diets. And and personally, as someone (laughs) like we were talking about, I grew up in the Midwest, Northern Wisconsin, United States, like, I mean, casseroles (laughs) and dairy and like soda and all these things that just were obviously affecting me poorly, but it's so hard to then go from eating, you know, a standard American diet or just a standard, like, I don't even know. I want to say normal diet, but just not having to think about what you're eating, having to go into such restriction, even though it can, it can be, and is so helpful. What do you think, um, for people that uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but for people that are like, just kind of reading into this diet or reading into any diet really surrounding um, chronic illness, like how did you get through those like initial really hard restrictive things? Did you go like 100% into the diet? Did you kind of phase it? What, what worked for you? So I personally think um, that, that one, if you're starting a diet, especially for health reasons, hand down the best way to get your head around it and to stick to it is to understand the science behind it. Because once you understand why this diet is going to help you, you realize why you shouldn't be eating the other stuff and how it's going to impact you. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, with the specific carbohydrate diet, I mean, I'm by no means a nutritionist or a doctor or anything. So I'm going to give you the most simplified version of it. But um, so in terms of carbohydrates, single molecule carbs are like the most easy for your body to digest. Mm -hmm. And then you have like, um, disaccharides and polysaccharides, which are the complex carbs. So those, um, take longer for your body to digest. And so they, um, sit there and bacteria feeds on it. Mm -hmm. And that's what causes inflammation. And that's what, um, starts the whole cycle of, um, an autoimmune flare. Mm -hmm. So if you remove those from your diet, the bacteria has nothing to feed on. Mm -hmm. And so it starts dying off. Um, So if you think of it like that, if you start the diet and you're on it for a week and the, and the bad bacteria starts dying off and then you eat a piece of cake, all you're doing is feeding that bacteria and causing it to come back and cause a flare. So I I think that um, it's one thing to look at a diet and be like, I can eat this. I can't eat this. Um, but when you actually understand why, uh, that makes it so much easier to stick to it. And, and as I kind of said, with this diet, Mm -hmm. um, you can be on it for three weeks. And then if you go and splurge and eat a pizza and cake, it's not like it's taking you back a couple days. It's taking your progress right back to day one. Mm -hmm. So it's like, is it worth it? No, not really. So Um, yeah, for me that, that really kind of kept me focused and the longer you're on it, the better you start to feel. Mm -hmm. And, um, that also of course really helps as well. 
So, I mean, it was really, really tough. The first month or two months, I really struggled, but, um, I mean, it's not forever and I would rather do that and then be on all the medication. And, um, I mean, that's another thing that I always say is like, I'm not a doctor, but definitely don't just start the diet and stop all your medication. Like it's something that you should be doing, um, together and yeah, uh, definitely. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really tough, but I, I think that, the longer you're on it, the more comfortable you get with it. And then the more experimental you get with the food you make as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I love doing now is it's, I love the challenge of like, let's make grain-free tacos. Let's make lasagna. Like I can, I love making food that really satisfies your cravings when you're craving something bad um, and making it in an SCD legal way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's like what you're talking about is so important, knowing the background and the science and and understanding. I do think that a lot of people, unfortunately, I feel like we do things backwards, meaning that like we get put on 30 pills and all of a sudden we're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you look at food, then you look at lifestyle. And and that's just kind of the way that it that it is currently. But like being able to kind of look at food and seeing the science behind it, I think one thing for me, uh, one of the first like natural doctors that I worked with are functional medicine doctors kind of outside of the conventional space, only because my conventional doctors were telling me the same thing. You're always going to feel like this. Just take this pill. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Gluten doesn't mean anything. And (laughs) then I started seeing a different doctor who is more focused on lifestyle and food and things like that. And as someone who had like disordered eating patterns in earlier in my life, the idea of going on a very restrictive diet was terrifying to me because I didn't want to get very crazy about it again for me personally. But I think like you said, like asking your doctor, doing research on your own, like what is that if I do this SIBO diet, if I do this um, whatever diet, this AIP diet, whichever one you want to do or your doctor is telling you to do, why? Ask them why. Mm-hmm. What is this yeah. going to help? What will I see? What could this cause? Because could this help me get off of all these medications that are making me sick in different ways? Mm-hmm. Is this temporary? Is this forever? Like all of these questions can really help you feel a little bit more, um, just a little bit better about it, I guess for me. Yeah. I'm more like in control in it, in yes. control of your decision and, and the whole process. Yeah. I think for me, a big one um, was knowing that it some of these diets didn't mean forever. There are Mm -hmm. certain foods for me that probably do mean forever, but there aren't, it doesn't mean forever, forever. So I'm not going to have to like cut out all these foods and only eat this kind of vegetable and this kind of meat for the rest of my life. It's just Mm -hmm. that right now we have to like focus on what's happening. So yeah. And then you, and you build the foundation as well. And as like, for me, I know I can always go back to this diet and I have the tools to now go back and and stick to it for six months or a year if I'm in really, really bad shape and get back on track and then go from there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's like in my toolbox to, to resort to whenever I need to. Yeah. And I think blogs like yours and um, cookbooks like yours are really helpful because I think going into this process and you're all that you can see on these diets sometimes is like what you can't have. Yeah. And then when you see what you can have and you're like, oh, 
Okay. Like I've never cooked with that stuff before. What even mm -hmm. is that? Like, how do I make chicken and broccoli work for me? I don't know. Yeah. So totally. having like different recipes or ideas, I think are, are super important when you're getting started, but even just focusing on those basics and then from there being able to get creative. So like, did you, um, did you like have any resources or did you kind of just start experimenting on your own to, to make something a little bit more exciting? I honestly started experimenting on my own. I have been into food since I was five years old. It's actually really funny because when I was about 10, my, my dream in life was to write a cookbook oh. about, about potatoes, ironically, <laughs> because there isn't a single potato recipe in, or potato in my entire book. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but it was, I, that's food's been my love, um, all of my life. And so, um, I feel like I have had a bit of a creativity with it, um, from a young age, but when I used to cook, it was always like, Oh, added an extra tub of cream cheese and a huge yeah. block of butter and that's how you make it taste good um but obviously now I've learned that things like spices and stuff and how that can really improve dishes but um no I just think I just love being creative um for example in my book I I do things like I have a taco and the taco shell is made with celery roots which is mm. like a random vegetable but um like it is it is a taco shell like it it tastes like it it totally satisfies you eat this and you're like wow I just had a taco <laughs> but it's made with a celery root or like butternut squ or um lasagna with butternut squash sheets in it mm -hmm. in place of noodles it completely satisfies any lasagna craving you'll ever have um but without the dairy and the grain and it's honestly just so much trial and error like I spend 10 hours a day in the kitchen and there is a lot of huge flops like absolute disasters um but yeah but it's really fun I absolutely love creating stuff so what was the process of creating a cookbook like how did that get started for you and then and then how did it go for you throughout um I mean it is it is an absolute mission to do. <laughs> um, it's not, it's not a quick little process. Um, I mean, I already do have a load of, I think I have 400 or 500 recipes on my website right now. Oh, wow. so, so to think of another 150 <laughs> in a, in a like six month period, I had to come up with, um, recipe test them all, photograph them all myself. It was such a tough process. Um, but I absolutely loved it. And that's one thing with the specific carbohydrate diet is, so it was, um, sorry, I'm kind of like flip-flopping around here, but it was, um, so there, there's a book called the uh, breaking the vicious cycle, which is kind of what made the diet really popular. Mm -hmm. And, and it came out in the 1980s, I believe. Um, and then after that, there were a few cookbooks that came out but I mean, in the past like 15 years, there's maybe been one other cookbook that's come out about the diet. Mm -hmm. um, so I was so excited when I got the opportunity to create a cookbook for the diet um, and kind of modernize it a bit because the other books um, have very kind of basic, it's a very simple way of cook uh, recipes for it. So, um, 
yeah, I was just very, very excited to be able to create a book for the specific carbohydrate diet and hopefully also bring a bit more awareness to the diet as well. Um, mm -hmm. Now that people will be able to see it on bookshelves. Yeah. And so the, the book is called Every Last Bite and I actually have it. <laughs> and as I'm not following the specific carbohydrate diet, but um, I think for anybody out there who a lot of us within the chronic illness space, a lot of us have to limit grains. We have any inflammatory food, um, at least for a small amount of time with an autoimmune disease. Um, it's almost always something that you will have to do at some point in your journey, sometimes multiple times. And so, you know, like um, no dairy, no grains, things like that, that no sugar, all those fun things that when you're going into it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. So for me, I have the book and it like the recipes are so they look so good. Like my husband and I were like, we're going to try to make every recipe <laughs> in this book because I've been through so many cookbooks, um, especially ones that are for more specific diets. And it's like, I flip through and I'm like, okay, I don't know that I want to try <laughs> what this yeah. thing looks like, but all of them look so good. And they do look, um, they're not your basic recipes, but they also aren't difficult. We've already made one of your salads and like loved it. I was telling you before. So <laughs> I think that there's so many options, even if you're not following this particular diet, but you are following a non-inflammatory diet where you can pull from this or you can get ideas or you can, I mean, you don't have to be on this specific diet to eat this way. I think that it's yeah. like helpful for anybody that's dealing with inflammatory or autoimmune issues for sure. So in the book, well, there, there's two things that I really wanted when I created the book. One was I wanted um, to create food where say you're having people over for dinner, you're on a grain-free, dairy-free diet, no one else is, you can serve this food and have no concerns that anyone will know and mm -hmm. have any idea that it's actually like that. So that's one thing that I really, um, I think pride myself on is, is how I make food taste good. And no one would actually know that it's compliant to some diet. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I really wanted to make the book adaptable, um, and not just target people on the specific carbohydrate diet. So it has 150 recipes. Um, every recipe is also paleo. Mm -hmm. Um, and as well on every single recipe in the top corner, it lists um, whether it's low FODMAP, whether, whether it's keto, whether it's AIP, whether it's yeah. Whole30, like I've really tried to include as many diets as possible um, because I also realize that people aren't, it's not, diets aren't one size fit all. Like it's mm -hmm. not like a lot of people aren't just on the paleo diet. They're paleo and they're also not free. So yeah. um, I, and I know how hard it is, especially um, for a lot of parents who have kids who might have all oh, different yeah allergies and creating recipes. So I also created a chart in the back that lists every single recipe, every diet, and then you can easily cross reference and see which uh, recipes work for which diet. So I just tried to make it as user-friendly as possible um, for as broad an audience as possible. Um, even there's lots of vegan recipes as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just tried to include as many as I could. And also every recipe has um, substitution. So yeah. if you are on like low FODMAP, you swap this for this and then mm -hmm. it's low FODMAP. Um, yeah. So you can really make each recipe work for you. 
Yeah, we noticed that as well, just um, like a few of the recipes uh, that we were looking at where it would say like, substitute this if you're low FODMAP or substitute this if you want it to be vegan or whatever, or use nutritional yeast instead of this or whatever. So <laughs> that's super helpful because you're right. It's like everybody, I feel like is following some sort of diet within the space, but it's a little bit different. It's totally true. Like I'm mostly paleo, but I also don't eat a few other things. And like, yeah. I've also had to like for small amounts of time, be closer to keto, which was totally <laughs> blowing my mind. So just, excuse me, having like multiple options within one cookbook is so helpful. Yeah. So, so hopefully that yeah helps people out and kind of gives you more options. And also, yeah, if it says specific carbohydrate diet on the cover, but it by no means is a, is a cookbook specifically for uh, that diet. Yeah. Yeah. It's so helpful. So what are some things maybe like outside of food that you love to do for yourself to kind of keep you feeling healthy and happy? Um, I would say, um, for me, exercise, running, especially mm -hmm. outside, um, especially now during, <laughs> during lockdown, yeah. <laughs> um, is, is probably my number one way to kind of stay sane and also, um, stay healthy. Mm. Um, I also, um, I, so I live in London, England, um, and I love traveling. And one thing I've been amazed with in the eight years since I've lived here is that, um, how Europeans and the way they eat, like, it's so easy to travel around Europe, mm. places like Italy, and you can be on a paleo diet and you can go to any restaurant and find food that you can order. Um, so I feel like when you're on a restricted diet, you can kind of, you can have a lot of concerns about things like traveling and how you might not be able to go to places and um, how inconvenient it is. But it really, that's one thing that's been amazing for me in the past um, eight years is that I've done so much traveling and there's never been a place I've gone where I've been restricted in what I can eat just because the food here is so much cleaner and yeah. um, <laughs> less manufactured, less stuff in it than in North America. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that is one thing that can be, yeah, when you're on a restricted diet, it can be so hard. Um, you can, you can feel, have social fears about going out to restaurants or yeah. traveling or doing things like that because, um, you're worried that you might not be able to eat food or find, yeah, find things you can have. Um, but that's definitely, it's, it's great. It kind of makes you feel a bit more normal being able to travel and, um, and eat whatever you want and go to Italy and have like big bowls of vegetables and yummy meats and things. And yeah, I've, I've loved doing that. Um, but that's, so the, the, for my mental health, I would say, uh, and for my physical health, exercise, just traveling and experiencing things, and also knowing when you need to relax and take a break and not mm -hmm. push yourself is such a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the the when you're diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, you become very like in tune with your body, and you know you you can kind of start to read it and know when you need to relax and know when you're stressed and how it's going to impact you and what you need to do to, to reduce the stress. Mm. 
that's that's one thing that I definitely it's like writing the book I got so stressed and I could tell that things like I might have a flare and so I just had to take like a week just to relax and kind of calm down and then I was fine um but yeah knowing your body is such a big thing and also that also goes with um I think that's one of the biggest things like as I was saying before how diets aren't one size fits all like with this specific carbohydrate diet um you could start it and it might be going well but then it doesn't mean that the diet is exactly what you need to go into remission like Mm -hmm. you need to listen to your body and even though things like eggs are allowed in the diet maybe you can't tolerate eggs and I think that's something people need to I highly recommend people do is do things like when you first start out, keep a food journal and like track what you're eating and how it's making you feel because even though it's okay in the diet, it might not work for you. Yeah. I think that that journaling trick is also helpful when you get to a day and you see someone with your favorite food that you haven't been able to eat for six months and you really want to try it and you really want to do it. And then you're like, let me just read my food journal real quick and see what happened last time I had dairy. And it's like, oh yeah, I broke out on my face and I, um, dairy for some reason affects my mood. So like I had mood changes and like sinus issues and all these things. And I think like being able to look back at it in that way too. um, Yeah, totally. But then also when you get to a point where you can start to try to reintroduce foods and see, because some of these foods may not be, like you said, they may not be forever and some mm-hmm. maybe, but when you start to reintroduce or, or try different things, you can be like, oh, okay, last time when I was eating dairy, I noticed all these issues. This time I didn't notice these issues. So maybe in very small amounts I can have this, but then it also will trigger you later when you know, a week down the road when you have like dairy every single day and your sinuses are flaring again. Oh, okay. That was too much. So yeah, it, exactly. it helps you when you get to the point of, um, of being able to start to lessen some of the restriction, because for the mm-hmm. most part, um, unless you have, you know, like celiac or something, a, a lot of times you might be able to reintroduce small amounts of certain foods. Um, mm-hmm. and like you said, you, you can be pretty flexible with your diet now too, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I know that there are certain things that um like I can't eat two loaves of bread a day for like yeah. a month, then I might not be okay, but like w- within reason. Um and that yeah, I I I try to still eat really healthy and along the lines of specific carbohydrate diet when I'm at home, but like when I go out it's a free for all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. That so that is one thing that I always um I mean, that's not the case with everyone though. Some people may have to stick to a specific carbohydrate diet for, if it puts them in remission, they may have to stick to it for a long time. But for me, um, I personally was lucky enough to be able to slow, like very, very slowly. I probably took like a year of introducing one new thing, waiting a week, introducing another new thing, waiting a week. Like you have to go so, so slow with that. Yeah. Um, And yeah, now eating everything. (laughs) All the things. (laughs) All all the things. (laughs) So if you, I mean, you have, like you said, hundreds of recipes, but what are some of your favorites? That's so tough. I know. (laughs) I love, like, I love all the creative ones. Like I love the the celery tortillas, I think are so good. Um, I, this is a really weird one, but I make, um, 
people are going to feel like this sounds disgusting. <laughs> I, ma- I make like, it's basically like whipped cream. So it's, this is one that's on my site. So it's, it's, it's lemon flavored mm-hmm. and it's has the consistency of like a cross between cool whip and whipped cream, Okay, but it's made with steamed cauliflower and it's so good. Like it's so good as <laughs> like a fruit dip. Um, yeah, I, I just love the recipes that kind of make people go, whoa, I can't <laughs> believe that's made with that. Um, and things like um, celery root is one of my favorite vegetables, um, like a risotto made with mm-hmm. that. And it, the texture and the consistency is just like normal risotto, yeah. but it's made with a vegetable. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I love, and the lasagna is my, one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. It's so good. I highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm going to go make all these things. <laughs> well, I'm going to make my husband make all these things. Yeah. That sounds like a better option. An yeah. easier option. Yeah. He can do that for me. But it's also, it's so interesting hearing, um, like talking to people with autoimmune disease that live outside of the United States, just because I feel like it's, it can be so difficult here, even with just, like you said, with traveling, with um, but even like the, the lifestyle, which it, it might be similar in London, I'm not sure, but just like the constant, constant, constant lifestyle of having to go, go, go all the time. And like, you know, needing to take a break because you have your period or needing to take a break because you're having a rough, uh, flare day or something like that is just mm-hmm. like so ingrained in American culture to be like, not okay. And, yeah. um, it's so interesting, like ever since, I found out that I had an autoimmune disease um, and I'm a foodie too, but like I started watching like Anthony Bourdain, like travel shows where he's also eating food, all the food I can't eat, but he's still eating food in other places. And I'm like, I think I'm supposed to not live in the United States. (laughs) I'm like, will they, will one of these countries please take me? Um, Just because it's just like a different lifestyle. And so you've Mm -hmm. kind of noticed that. um, Yeah, totally. It's much more, um, I feel like in the, not everywhere in the U.S., but it, it's a you you work and then uh, you basically live to work. Yeah. Whereas uh, it's much more relaxed here. There's a lot more holidays. Like you have, <laughs> as an example, thirty days of vacation a, a year, which yeah. I think is in the U.S. like fifteen or something. Yeah, like if that. you're lucky, fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a much more relaxed um, environment here. Um, and I mean, there's kind of two sides to it. So when you go to restaurants and things, the food is much, generally speaking, is much like cleaner mm-hmm. and made with, um, pure like pesticides and yeah. things like that. Yeah, exactly. But on the flip side, I get so jealous whenever I go on Instagram and I watch all the people in, um, the U S like going to Trader Joe's and getting oh. all the like, <laughs> there's so many things you guys can get in the grocery stores, like all the dips and all the, that's, that's all like clean and healthy. Whereas we don't get any of that here. Like mm. absolutely. Almond milk only really started showing up in grocery stores here, like maybe four years ago. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so that there, I mean, in terms of that, like I get so, so jealous. Uh, you can't get any of that stuff here. You have to make it all from scratch. Yeah. I think too, even like within the U S it depends where you live, you know, like if you're, I've lived in bigger cities for a while. So like, yeah, all that stuff is so accessible. There's now like 
I mean, I was gluten-free probably like almost 10 years ago for a a small amount of time, Mm -hmm. um, for health reasons. And it was impossible to find or to go to a restaurant in the Midwest that had anything that was gluten-free unless you wanted like a side salad. And now Mm -hmm. there's restaurants that are like entirely gluten-free, entirely grain-free, like all these things. And like you said, like pre pre pre-made foods that are gluten-free or are organic or things like that, that, that were not even a thing here like eight years ago. So I do think it also just depends too, like where you live here because it can be so different, but, but yeah, it's, that's interesting to hear. Like I guess there's, there's always like a good in Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Like I went to, I was in New York last year and, uh, literally landed, went to the hotel, dropped off the bags and was like, okay, here's the nearest Trader Joe's. Let's do this. <laughs> like, I'm ready. I'm so excited. And went and spent like an insane amount of money on the most random stuff. And I was yeah. like, this is the best place ever. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Trader Joe's is like its own it's just like this unicorn of a grocery yeah. store. Like you can find the coolest, craziest things there. It's great. I know, it's, it's a bit stressful though. Like yes. it's <laughs> very like chaotic and there's, yeah. there's no organization in the way stuff is laid out. Yeah. It's kind of all everywhere. But yeah, I went there. I was like, I need to get the cauliflower gnocchi. Yeah. <laughs> that and, and then, oh, and then I was like, went to Whole Foods and I was like, I need this yete like tortilla chips. Like there's yes. so many things mm-hmm. that I've been eyeing for like three years. I was like, I yeah. need to get these. They sound amazing. Yeah. Siete also makes this like crazy cashew queso dip that oh, is so good. I like, I screened when someone on Instagram was showing it, I screenshotted the <laughs> ingredients list. I was like, I have to recreate this. It sounds amazing. I've tried. I'm pretty sure I've come nowhere close to getting it, but uh, yeah, I have so much envy. Yeah. <laughs> so if people wanted to get your cookbook or go to your website and see some of the hundreds of recipes that you have over there too. How would they be able to do that? Yeah. So, um, my website is every last bite. So www.everylastbite.com. Um, and also Instagram. I do a lot of, um, cooking videos on my Mm. stories and Instagram. Um, and I actually do a thing every Tuesday called whole 30 and 30, where I make Mm. a whole 30 dish in 30 minutes with like a little timer uh, counting down just because I love to show, I feel like so many times you see a recipe and you're like, oh, that looks a little complicated. I don't want to touch that. Whereas if you watch me make it in stories, you realize actually it's super simple to make. Yeah. Um, so every last bite underscore is my Instagram. And then um, my cookbook, every last bite can get at Amazon or Barnes and Noble or most <laughs> bookstores. <laughs> yeah. That's- yeah. I love that idea of doing like the, um, it was whole 30 under 30, whole 30 and 30 in like 30 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's so true. There's been so many recipes that I've made where it's like, um, like takes total time takes 30 minutes. And I'm like, it took me 30 minutes to cut all those vegetables. (laughs) No. So I literally, I have a timer that counts down. And so it's like, I can prove that this is exactly 30 minutes. Yeah. Although I do like chop pretty fast sometimes, but yeah, it's exactly because it's so true. Yeah. Recipe you'll be like, Oh, it takes 20 minutes to do. And you're like an hour later, like still (laughs) cutting onions. 
it's like, this, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, someone's lying. Yeah. I love that. So, um, so yeah, is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners of the podcast today? I, I think when you get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, you can really uh, go down a dark path sometimes yeah. and it can feel kind of like the end of the world. Um, and that's actually one thing I don't think I've mentioned before. And one thing I realized when, uh, when you go online and you go in these chat rooms is all the people that are on there commenting are the ones who are in a flare, who are in really bad shape. And you mm-hmm. think that that's all there is, but it turns out that the other 90% of people with the disease who are in remission are out living life and, and having a great time. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's manageable and um, there's so many, so many different ways to treat it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, food is just one of them. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. That's actually um, that story regarding like message boards, chat rooms, those kind of things. That is why I started this podcast, like just a almost two years ago. Oh my God. But, um, like a year and a half ago was because of the same thing. Like I, you know, I had a doctor telling me I had an autoimmune disease years ago. I'm doing all this research and I find all these support groups and it just was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to be alone forever. I'm going to, um, you know, be sick forever. Like I'm literally, I'm like a Harry Potter fan. I'm literally going to live a half-life, like a cursed life. Yeah. And and you get so stuck on this because that's all you see. And I think Mm -hmm. one really cool thing that's happened in the last few years, I feel like, is there's more bloggers like you. There's more podcasts. There's more people on Instagram who are showing the, the tough side, but they're also showing like, you know, you had and dealt with this issue, but you were able to like, now you get to do what you love every day mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have maybe not have been able to do had you not gotten ulcerative colitis. And I mean, I honestly think I would still be sitting at a desk, yeah. uh, like doing my old job and being like, Oh, one day I'd love to, you know, be a food blogger. And, and yeah, this, because of this, I'm now doing something I've always dreamed of doing. So yeah. I'm in a way thankful that I got it because it completely changed my life for the yeah. better. Yeah. And I'm so happy to hear that. And I've heard that from a lot of people in the chronic illness space. And I think that it's, it's so cool. So like if you're out there and you're, you're kind of stuck in this space of being surrounded by the, by the negativity of it. I mean, everybody has to go through their grief and there are going yeah. to be negative points um, in your health journey for sure. But understand that like, there's so much that you can do with it and you're not meant to just live this like this awful life forever. You can, you can help not only yourself physically, but you can maybe like start to do something that you love because of it, or you can connect with people because of it. And it's really cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's going to be a roller coaster. It's not going to be all highs and it's yeah. not going to be all lows, but um, yeah, it, there's a lot of positive, positive stuff that can come out of it. For sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and everybody go get her cookbook. We're actually making one of your other salad recipes tonight. (laughs) So I'm excited. Um, but, But yeah, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your journey. Thanks for having me. Of course.